So we are live. And Jake, I actually came across your stuff because I think on Amazon, I found your book. This is <laughs> how I first heard about your stuff. And we are operating in a similar space, but approaching the issue from a very different perspective, I would say. And yeah, we're both trying to help people to come up with business ideas. I mm -hmm. think that's a fair assessment, <laughs> but maybe you can just- We're both addicted to it. <laughs> exactly. Both addicted to starting ideas, businesses. Yeah. Brainstorming ideas, but also then, yeah, doing experiments, actually launching businesses, but not like these billion dollar ideas, but yeah, humble ideas that actually anyone can pull off, even if it is in the middle of nowhere, like I do, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. So maybe you can just give us the, the very short version. What's your background? What's your story? and what you're doing now. Yeah, yeah, sure thing. I'm Jake Lang from theentrepreneurridealon.com and the author of Step One. So that's the book that you found on Amazon and how we got connected. And I have been starting niche online businesses. I've started eight of them over the past eight years. I typically start one per year, try to scale it up, monetize it. Sometimes I'll sell off the website. And now I teach other entrepreneurs how to do the same thing, how to start an online business, find a little niche and build up a little monetization on a website. I'm typically doing digital products. So things like courses, eBooks, affiliates, memberships, that's typically the way that I go. Most of them are some type of educational site where you're posting educational content, all content marketing, but now I'm doing coaching. I have my own membership teaching other entrepreneurs. I'm writing books about this process. I'm teaching other people how to start these niche businesses like I did. And I Uh, now I do this full time for a living. I quit my day job last year and uh, now my niche businesses support myself financially and I just get to have fun starting new businesses for the rest of my life. So uh, uh, having a blast doing it. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. What was your job actually? I worked as a product analyst in the insurance industry for a billion dollar insurance company. And that actually turned into my most successful online business was I took the certifications that I was studying for in my day job. This was back in 2015 when I started that business. And I started writing my own study material for these exams that I had to take for my job. And that ended up leading me to quit my job a couple of years later. And that's still one of my best performing businesses to date. I had this, yeah, I, I remember reading about it and this reminded me of Pat Flynn's story, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very similar. And I'm actually, I'm, <laughs> I'm writing a, a new book right now. I'm in the process of writing a book working title, but it's going to be something along the lines of use your job to quit your job because I've met so many entrepreneurs that have used their day job to start their first business, some type of training business or online business or something that ends up being their first niche that then helps them end up quitting their day job and supporting themselves financially. And something Pat did, and I've got now 15, 20 case studies of people that I'm working with that have just Hey, here's your first business idea. You're an expert in your day job. Just flip that into a business and you can quit your job. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember what Pat's story was. He also was helping people with some exam, right? This is so the similarities are, are really there, I think. Uh, I can't was, remember uh, what the exam was, but yeah, he basically also sold just study guides or something along these lines, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think he was architecture exams. I forget the name yeah, of the certification, yeah. but he, I, I remember he was an architect. So very similar. It's a viable <laughs> niche that's out there for a lot of people. And did you get inspired by him or is it poorly coincidentally? <laughs> It was coincidental because I was listening to Pat Flynn because I'm a huge fan of his. I didn't hear his story about it until I was already, there's maybe a couple of months into it. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. I might be onto something here. If I worked for Pat, it, it validated my thought process. If I'm onto something here, because I was like, okay, Pat did it. 
I'm going to keep hammering home on this business and really double down on it because there's some opportunity here as proven by somebody else in the industry. Yeah, that makes sense. And what I think is pretty cool, because of course, there are a lot of people talking about niche businesses and niche, niche sites in particular, that you actually share your sites, right? In the world where I'm coming from, this is, this is normal. But mm -hmm. I would say in the world where you're coming from, this is not so normal, right? If you have these niche affiliate sites and yeah, it's, um, people are usually... Yeah, keep it to themselves, don't want to share it, don't are afraid of competitors. And mm -hmm. the, the world I'm referring to is like these indie hackers, indie maker world, where it's all about building in public. And there is very normal, like no one takes anyone seriously if he's not sharing like <laughs> yeah. the, the project they're, they're working on. And this is now also slowly happening more often in, the, in this other world, like they're, they're, they're emerging, which is cool. And what are your what are your favorite businesses of the eight you have now? So my favorite and best one is still my insurance education business. That one, I'm actually just revamping it and launching a couple new courses. I'm branching out into another certification. Even though I don't work in the industry anymore, there's money on the table there that I can pursue. So that one's still going strong. I had a business that I just sold. It was about a type of dog. It's a, a dog that's a mix between a Pomeranian and a Husky. It's pretty popular here in the United States. And I'd started a niche site about that one, just sold it for 95,000, just a little blog about a, a type of dog breed. Got a nice little exit from that. And then I have another website in the agile education space. And that's what I'm working on right now is the insurance education and agile education space. And then uh, in a couple of months, I'll start a new niche business because I usually start a new one around springtime here in the US or around April, May is typically when I sit down and start working on a new one. So I'm going to find something else and I'll, I'll start another one, add it to the portfolio. Cool. So what I'm curious about, and of course, I already did a bit of research, but what's the very high level version of how your business model works? Where are people coming from? And how do you, where are people, how do they actually end up on your site? And then how do you actually make money? Yeah, everything I do is organic traffic. So all my businesses are bootstrapped. I'm not putting in much money to start it. It's $50 to buy a website, domain, get it upside, up and running with hosting. And, and that's the expense of getting a website online. I don't like paying for ads or anything. So I, I like doing all organic traffic primarily through SEO. So I do a lot of content marketing, primarily blogging for me because I like writing. So all of my websites are centered around a blog where I'm writing about specific keywords. And I know I've listened to your podcast. So I know you know all about SEO and how that whole game works. Um, so I'm typically just finding easy to rank for keywords that people are searching out there about my niche. So for uh, my insurance website, it might be that designation is called that CPCU. So I write about CPCU 500 difficulty. That is one of the exams that I write content for. And that's the keyword that I write about. And now I rank number one for that keyword. So people find all these blogs that I write, land on my website, see my content, and then I get them onto my email list. So for this example, continuing with the insurance website, I offer a free practice exam to capture that lead for people that have found me organically. They get on my email list. And through the email list, I can build that no trust factor where they get to see, okay, Jake actually knows what he's talking about. He's not just, you know, some crazy guy on the internet. Okay. He's actually passed these exams. I trust him enough to buy his study material because I give him a ton of free resources and information. So when I say that I offer a course, a lot of people are more likely to sign up. So that's kind of funnel there. It's just organic traffic through the blog to the email list to buying the course.
Yeah, that makes sense. Very simple, but <laughs> it's of course very hard to pull off in practice. And what I always found in the past and still find the, the hardest part, obviously, is how do you actually make your site rank? That's the key challenge. Of course, finding good keywords is also not so easy, but yeah, how do you, what's your strategy? Are you one of these guys who says, just write the content, do it, make sure it's really well done and Google will recognize your genius and everything will work out? Or do you do some kind of more active link building or whatever? I'd say I'm a little bit of a mix, but lean more towards the link building, especially with niche websites like I'm in. It's a lot easier to rank your content because there's not a lot of competition. And depending on the niche, there's not a lot of people writing about what you're writing about. So there's a lot more opportunity for long tail keywords that you can write a simple blog post, a thousand words, get one backlink to it, and you're already ranking number one. So those are my favorite, just finding those low hanging fruit keywords even if it's only like a hundred people per month searching for the keyword, do that 10 times and you're getting a thousand people to your website, convert a couple of those buying a $400 course. And there's $2,000 per month in your pocket. If you're just converting a little bit of that organic traffic. So I'm, I'm definitely more towards that to find a low competition keyword, you know, friends in the industry and lots of connections uh, in, in each niche that I participate in other people that are blogging in the same space and have websites in the same space. So I have a good network that I can reach out to and say, Hey, I just wrote this great article and I'd be happy to guest blog for you or come on your podcast and, and talk about it. And then I get a backlink back to that article and then it boosts up the rankings on Google. So that's how I've done over the years of building up the domain authority. And now my website ranks uh, a lot easier because I have an authoritative website. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's, it's funny because people often make SEO much harder than it really is, right? Yes. Because what I always found to be true is, of course, like the quality of your content matters, but then there are a few on-page factors that matter. But yeah, most importantly, if you have the best backlinks, you win. This is still exactly. true. That, that's it. And yeah. almost everything else is just noise. And this is a distraction invented by people who try to sell complicated stuff to you. At its core, it's really simple and you just need to do the work and yeah, do the stuff you just described, just build connections, talk to people and yeah, help each other <laughs> win and this works. Yep. Great to see. We just stepped ahead here. Maybe we can just start at the beginning and because you just mentioned that you actually want to start a new project soon and walk us, maybe we, uh, you can walk us how you go about it. What is your process? And of course you provide all the details in your book and in your course, but maybe a, a short version. We, we can talk about a very short version here. And what is step one, <laughs> which yeah. is of course the name of the book. Yeah, <laughs> it is. That, that's the book. And step one is finding a viable business idea. And that's what the book's all about is uh, basically you go through a process of coming up with over 150 business ideas, just through some simple question and answers that I give you. Just, I, I give you questions. You provide a couple answers in the book and it's called the brain dump process. That's what I call it. And that's actually what I'm going through right now is I'm just going through this process again, where I, I probably ask a series of, I don't know, 30 to 50 questions and sim simple things. Look around your room and list five things that you see, or you now what did you type into Google? What did you search on Google today? Or what did you watch on TV today? What did you eat yesterday? Simple, stupid questions like that. That'll just like spark ideas for you that, oh, okay. Drank from a, a 
coffee mug. Okay, maybe I'll look into the coffee niche and find something there. Yeah, it's funny uh, because one of my first projects after uh, when I started, like my whole entrepreneurial journey was um, like this free tool, which all it did was super simple. It showed you these random prompts. And these were really just, yeah, these kind of prompts people can use yeah. to come up with ideas because I set for myself the goal to write down five ideas every day to train yep, my idea it. muscle. And it's actually quite hard if you're staring at a blank piece of paper. I, I learned that pretty quickly and I found it very helpful to have some, yeah, have some prompts. So I built up a little collection of prompts and then I found it helpful to yeah just show them randomly one at a time. And then yeah. every morning, yeah, I, I would just open this website for myself and um, it, it would show me like a prompt. I would write an idea and I would click and uh, get another one and so on. And it worked really well. And then I decided to share it and other people liked it as well. And yeah, it's funny because the process sounds very similar. Is it saying, and it works so well because a lot of people think you have to invent the next computer or cell phone or some like big tech product to be an entrepreneur. It's like, no, just look around your room and oh, okay. I'd see what else do I see around here? I said coffee mugs. I see pen holders and credit cards. I could look up credit card companies and start a credit card niche, like just stuff around you and that you do in your day to day and touch and work with every day or what you're doing in your day job. That's one of my favorite questions. Like that can be your business idea very easily. So that, that's the process I'm going through right now is, is just coming up with the ideas. And then the next step after that, what I go through in the book is essentially you're going to come up with over 150 ideas, but a lot of it's going to be junk because you're just listing down, okay, what did I eat today? What did I look at on the news yesterday? What do I do in my day job? And it might not be relevant. So it, it's cutting down. I give you a series of narrowing questions that cut your list down from 150 ideas down to your 10 best ideas that actually interest you or that you can really envision yourself starting a business in about this, this topic that you have from your brain dump list. And that just kind of cuts out some of the fluff and some of the noise that you've uh, accumulated in your brain dump. But you're primarily starting with topics, right? You're not really starting, mm -hmm. not really with ideas. You're not Correct. going about, okay, I'm going to sell a course on X, but it's more about, okay, this yes. is a funny type of dog or um, yes, exactly this yeah just just the topic um this is where it starts for you yep yeah that's a great uh clarifying point there yeah just topics of what could be the topic of your business and then in a future and a later step you can actually narrow down and find a segment within that topic that you focus on or you'll talk to your target market and you figure out what is their pain point for example my dog website i found out that the pain point was training this incredibly energetic dog. So my entire business became about how to train this specific type of dog. And I wrote a book about it, created a membership around it. And that became my entire business. So that's all from talking to your target market is figuring out what are they struggling with? Okay. That's what I'm going to sell as my product for this topic. But at, at what point did you then have these ideas for stuff you can actually sell? So did you really just start like with the topic and then you did some keyword research and just started writing content? And then after some time, people visitors came and you started like talking to them uh, via email or whatever. And this is how you find, uh, found the pain points or how did it work for you? I like to find the pain point before I start or at the same time as I'm starting because I don't want to put in months and months of effort to find, oh, there's no pain point here. I can't sell anything here. So I'm not going to make money from this website. I just wasted six months. So I'll often use Reddit, 
Facebook, platforms like that on social media where I can go out and talk to people in the target market and just talk to them and just have questions on Reddit is my favorite because it's anonymous. I can just go in there and talk to whoever I want. They have different subreddits with subgroups broken up by you know, the category where my target market would be hanging out. So I, pick it, I can figure out uh, what are the challenges? What questions are they asking? What are they struggling with? So I can go into the business with a hypothesis on what will I probably be selling or what will I probably be focusing on when I start this business? And I always start with that pain point, but I've found in businesses that I've started that it changes over time or I need to pivot. I might start with one idea, for example, the dog website that I had. The website initially started because a lot of people were trying to find an adopter by this dog and it kept getting scammed. There's a bunch of scams out here where it was like, oh, this puppy's available for sale for $500 and just um, Western Union wire transfer me $500 and I'll send you your dog. And these little old ladies would go out and send $500 to strangers on the internet and they kept getting scammed. So I started the website with that as my pain point, shutting down all these scammers. I kept doing that, but there's no product there. There's nothing I can really sell. I was doing a good deed and I taught people how to stop scammers, but I learned that the real pain point was the people that own these dogs needed help training. And that I learned from more conversations with more and more people that own these dogs until I really honed in on, okay, high energy training dog. That's my product. And that's when I wrote the book, which was about a year and a half into having that website. And when you're saying that you are from talking to these people, do you have some kind of process um, where, for example, Pat Flynn is doing this. He, every week he's picking five people or so from his email list and uh, just shoots them a message. I'm curious, how can I help you? This kind, these kind of things. Or did you just, as part of your research for content, whatever, hang out in Reddit, uh, in some subreddits anyway, and this is where it came from? Yeah, so both actually. So definitely in Reddit, talking to people manually, going in there daily and talking to people. But that's in the early stages and you run out of time to do that. You can't sit in Reddit all day. Talking to people, you'll never build your business. So I included in my automated email series in my email marketing, one of the first questions is a survey that asks you to fill out the question. Okay, who are you? Do you own this type of dog? Are you looking to buy this type of dog? A little bit of information like that. And then just one simple question that I ask people is, what are you struggling with right now regarding the Pomsky dog? And I collected hundreds of answers from that, from people joining my email list and answering that survey. And I'd post it on my Facebook page. And I would also post that on Reddit as well to capture some more responses. And that's how I aggregated that information, figure out just free form, let people answer it, type in whatever answer they want to that question. So I could analyze the data and figure out what are the big pain points. And that also helped me pivot in the future as more and more answers kept coming in. I started saying, okay, there's a big trend of people that are finding my content that need help with training. I have now figured out what my main pain point is that I need to solve. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. What, what kind of tools do you use, if any? Do you really do it all manually? For example, for Reddit, there is this amazing tool called Question. Question and you can enter like any keyword and it will pull all related questions from Reddit. And it's free and it's a pretty cool tool. And I'm curious if you use any of uh, these kind of tools. You know, I do now, but back then I didn't. I just use simple Google tricks where you can search a site for keywords. So I type in site, you know, Reddit and search for Pomsky, Pomeranian Husky or CBCU designation. And I'd look at the threads that are already there and I'd find the subreddits where people are talking about that, that designation and where they're talking about 
um, you know, how to get promoted in the insurance industry. And I go in and post questions about the certification that I was going to write study material for. So I, I did a lot of that manually back then, but now it's all like, I can use the tools like you're talking about that are, there's a couple of them out there. We can get updates when people are talking about a certain topic, then they post about it on Twitter or read automated as well through my email list. People that come to my website, join the email list and answer those questions automatically. So it's not that daily grind of going to Reddit and, and skimming through and trying to find needle in the haystack of, of one person talking about one niche subject. And for that keyword research, for that really initial keyword research where you're, I'm really sure you're looking at stuff like volume. Mm -hmm. And this is just uh, critical information if you want to understand if the market is large enough if the market is big enough, because if mm -hmm. this is too specific, if there are just 10 people in the whole world who care about this specific exactly. type of dog, you're, you're screwed from the beginning, yep. probably. No unless it's billionaires, <laughs> unless it's 10 billionaires, and then maybe you have a shot if, if you find a way to reach them. But what do you use for keyword research for getting this data? So I use the tool Longtail Pro, but there's a ton of them out there. Ahrefs and Uber Suggest are two other tools that I use, but primarily Longtail Pro, which is what I started using I don't know, almost a decade ago when I first started using it. And I just have gotten used to their platform and I like it. Uh, so that's what, what I use for their competitive data and keyword research and, and all my SEO. Yeah, I'm using SEMrush actually. Another great one. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan, <laughs> but it has a few um, that, that I use mm -hmm. uh, that I need for, for, for other stuff. So I, it makes sense to pay for it for the keyword stuff as well and not pay double um, yep. but yeah yeah there are other great options yeah long tail pro and hrefs are amazing yeah hrefs the best and it's a beast but it's a little more than i need right now so i'm not currently paying for the subscription because it's gives you really everything if you had an seo agency like you use hrefs yep. um, but long tail pro is like 200 for the year and it gets me the gist of what i need so i just stick to that tool cool so What's next? You have a topic, you have identified a potential pain point. What do you mm -hmm. ne do next? Yeah. So let's see, where were we in the process? So we went through the brain dump, narrowed down to 10. We talked about, so I would use one of the steps in the book is using, I recommend Longtail Pro, but any of the ones that we just talked about, analyze those 10 ideas that you have now that you narrow down to. And I just say, make sure that there's like at least 10,000 people per month searching for your topic. Make sure that there's at least 10 subjects that you could write blogs about that are low competition that you could rank for on Google. Make sure that there are actually some competitors in your topic that are already building profitable businesses because it's a lot easier to come into a market and differentiate and beat the competition where there's already a market rather than recreating an entire market where nobody knows that they want to buy your product and there's no demand that exists. Uh, a lot easier to come in where there's already a demand and just carve out your own little segment and monetize it. Yeah, you, um, you probably don't have the budget to create demand, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Or that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then the step after that is, so that would narrow it down to three potential topics that you could create a business on. And then the final step would be, okay, you got three ideas left. They're all viable, but that's when you start talking to your target market. And I recommend talk to at least 50 people. It could be in person. Like you can go out to the store. If I'm starting a business about, House plants. I could go down to the, the garden store down the street and start talking to people and figure out what their challenges are, or go online and survey people and just get some data points on what your likely value proposition will be before you launch the business. And, and once you get that, once you figure out like what your 
value proposition is going to be, your how you're going to differentiate from the competition, uh, some semblance of what your product will be after you find the pain point. Because once you know the pain point, you can hypothesize what a product would look like. Oh, maybe it's a course that solves this need, or oh, maybe it's a SaaS product, like the one that you created with the prompts and all the other SaaS products that you created. And maybe it's the a membership or a book or something like that. So you can figure out which of your three remaining ideas offers the best opportunity for a clear direction to go in with product and monetization, easy to launch, easy to monetize. And that's the idea that you take and run with after the book. And from there, my suggestion is simply create a website. Content marketing is always my way to go. I start creating content right away and start pre-selling your product. Pre-sell before you go out and build the entire course and spend six months building something and then find out that nobody wants to buy it. Uh, sell it before you build it to validate that somebody wants to buy it, um, then go out and launch it. How do you do it? So you mean pre-selling and validating even before you start with your content marketing or once you have the necessary traffic? I'll say it depends. But in most websites that have started, I was able to pre-sell a product before I even had before I had a lot of traffic come to my website. For example, step one, the book, I sold 10 copies of the book before I wrote a single word and before I even, even sent it out to my email list or posted about it on my website. I just went out to Reddit. I talked to 20 to 30 people all about how I was helping them find a business idea. And then I pitched it to them. I said, hey, I'm, I'm writing this book. It's going to be about how to find your first online business idea. And you'll come away from the book with one viable business idea for your first business. Had 10 people sign up through Reddit, just strangers that I met. And that validated the idea. And then I pitched it out to my email list and started running. But I do them hand in hand. It really depends on the market that you have. I like starting with content marketing right away to start getting some traffic and getting some leads and subscribers and pre-selling to them because they're warm leads. They know who you are. They know your stuff. More likely to sign up for a pre-sale and be more engaged as your beta group and testers that can use your product and, and help you tweak it to be perfect for your launch date. Yeah, makes sense. And what do you use for? Um, for pre-sales? What software? I, I don't do anything really complex. I am just simply creating a product through my website. So I use WordPress for uh, all of my websites and I'm just using WooCommerce synced with Stripe. I create a template uh, uh, product, a clear description that it's pre-sale on the sales page. People buy it, I capture their emails and then we start some conversations through email and I'll jump on Zoom calls like this and talk more about the product and get some feedback. But really, I don't do anything complex. I try to keep it as simple as possible and just get the pre-sales in the door. And then we can start talking about the product and what it's going to look like. Cool. Yeah. What I'm, of course, also interested in is you do you never consider alternative traffic sources? Is it really always just Google? And if yes, why? No, I, I do dabble in other traffic sources. I, for, it depends on the niche. Typically each one I'll have some type of social media platform, which I'll start after my SEO is kicking in and driving traffic, but SEO can be a long-term game. So that's why I like to do for my dog niche site. I was on Facebook because that's where people were posting cute pictures of this dog on Facebook for my entrepreneurship site, the entrepreneur ride along. I'm on YouTube and creating a podcast and I'm driving in traffic through those sources. So I, I do a little now my insurance website. I do some paid advertising with Google ads and, and bring in traffic that way to my email list. Yeah, I, I can hear the dog in the back. <laughs> I was hoping that she would stop barking as I was talking. Mailman must be here. Very fitting. Cool. How do you operate your 
micro business empire? Do it all by yourself or do you have like contractors, maybe even employees? How do, how do you operate? So I have a team of about five virtual assistants that help me out with a lot of the day-to-day -day management. And uh, a lot of it is the programming and technical stuff that just takes up a lot of my time where I'll write up a course in a Word document or record the videos, or I'll write up a blog post in a Word document. And then I can send it over to my VA and she'll program it on the website or she'll tweak my web pages. So that saves me a lot of time. I'd say probably about 20 hours per week is saved from utilizing this team of virtual assistants doing various things, social media, marketing, customer service, and things. So that's a lot of the operations. So that saves me time to do the more critical tasks that require uh, me to be involved. Things like, like writing books and writing the blog posts and creating the courses and communicating my membership, starting new businesses. So a lot of the day-to-day the -day is simply... Typically, I'm, I'm trying to focus on one of these niche websites at a time so I can build it, automate it, and set it. And once I have the automations going, I can start tracking and seeing how the conversions are flowing, how the leads are coming in, how the traffic is doing. And I can do you know, like one once or twice a month, make a little tweak and start testing things. Okay, test a new sales page here, see if that improves conversion, test a new email sequence here, try a new SEO campaign. So it becomes a lot easier once you put in the work up front start getting some traffic and getting converse and getting some sales that you can take a step back and just watch from a distance and make long-term strategic decisions to point at one direction or the other. If you find out, oh, I just need more traffic. Okay. I'm going to double down on SEO and I'm going to get involved in, in Facebook and social media, get more traffic there because that's going to increase my risk. So that's the gist of it is I'm, I'm just sitting down every day and playing with my websites and, and writing books about what I'm doing here. And that, that's the dream that I'm living right now and I'm having fun doing it. Yeah. And do you actually write the content yourself for your websites? I do. I'd say most of the content for my entrepreneurship website. Definitely. I write all the content for my insurance website. I write the majority of it. I just started hiring a ghostwriter to create new courses for me, which is a nice experience because it saves me a month or two of time if he writes the courses and I just go through the marketing and publishing my dog website at the time that when I ended up outsourcing a lot of the blog writing content, I started accepting guest posts and I just told them my SEO criteria that I wanted them to write about. And then they just started cranking out content for me and people would do the work for me. I didn't have to do any of the writing. I could find different strategies like that to help people create some of the content. Uh, but when it's my personal brand, like the entrepreneur ride along there, I do all the content creation and writing and videos because I want it to be me and my, my true experience, not somebody else behind the scenes doing the writing. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. So yeah. where, where did you actually find the writer and the A? Because I know that's a challenge, at least um, <laughs> for me, uh, depends on the kind of content you're looking for, but it's not as easy as <laughs> you would believe it is, at least in my experience. So I'm very curious how we go about it. It was very hard. I think I went through 10 writers to find somebody that was a good fit, especially for my insurance website, because I was looking for a technical ghostwriter, somebody that could take concepts about insurance and risk management and finance and be able to understand what the exam was about and then write up content that would help people pass their exams. So I used, I reached out to my network first to see if anybody uh, had any connections. So I had a few people that way. I worked with a couple people from Upwork, a couple people from Fiverr. I posted in a Facebook group that one of my friends had suggested and got a couple of ghostwriters there. So I, I seriously worked with 
maybe more than 10 people having them each write a couple of chapters and then reviewing their work. I'd say nine out of 10 were just not good fits and just didn't come out good or just ghosted me and didn't end up writing the content or just didn't even, you know, didn't really do a good job and put in no effort. So I I feel like I just kind of got lucky and found one guy that was a good fit. He helped me out with my last course that I wrote where I did the majority of it, but he came in from time to time and helped with a couple of chapters and a couple of things. That was my way of testing him and figuring out our working relationship. And now we've got a process where he just wrote this last course. It goes, I'm actually pre-selling that course right now. So cool. I sold 10 copies of this course. So for 200 each, so generated uh, $2,000 from this pre-sale. I paid the ghostwriter 1,200 to write the course. So I basically paid for the ghostwriter by pre-selling the course. And now I got a free course that I get to market uh, a full price that goes live in March. And we're going to keep repeating that process. We've got about eight more courses that we could be writing other insurance certifications. And that's going to be our plan for the next two years. I'm going to work with him about every two months. He'll put out a new course and uh, I'm excited to just, that should double or triple the revenue from this website. That's yeah, that's really smart. Like <laughs> having the, using the pre-sales money <laughs> I know. already set. You're, yeah, you're, it's working out well so far. <laughs> that's amazing. Are there any ideas, concrete ideas here? excited about right now because this is what i love to do with my guests usually <laughs> and we didn't uh, i didn't tell you in advance sorry about that so so if you're not prepared that's perfectly fine but i'm curious if there are any concrete ideas we could we could chat about that would be amazing. yeah so i'm trying to think of some that i've i've talked to clients about recently because i have a couple of coaching clients and we're going through the, the same exercise from step one and we're just going through it in person and a couple that we came through with that the client's not going to end up going with. He's, he's just very active, involved in sports and likes, likes playing all these different kinds of sports. Two niche opportunities that we found that was surprising was in archery and disc golf, both of which are unique sports that aren't as popular as something like soccer, baseball, basketball, uh, where there's a lot more competition. So we actually found some unique opportunity in those two niche sectors within sports that had hundreds of thousands of people searching for it on Google every month, lots of opportunity to differentiate and you could sell products. It could be an Amazon FBA product. If you want to sell physical products, it could be an affiliate website recommending products to buy for archery. There's a bunch of things like like kids archery sets that had really low competition and you could start writing affiliate blogs about kids archery and, and competitions and as a sport and rank on Google relatively easily for that. So I thought those are two cool ideas. They were still fleshing out. Another one we stumbled across was acrylic painting. I think I actually talked about this in step one. And that's one that I still haven't seen anybody run with, but that was, we were just talking about my client's hobbies and what he does for what he enjoys doing in his spare time. And he said that his wife loves painting. And so they were thinking about creating a, uh, painting business because we found that acrylic paints is a uh, really low competition and lots of opportunity for like a membership or a course teaching people how to paint with acrylic paint, maybe even affiliate program there that's recommending the best paints. Perfect for YouTube tutorials and video content showing the painting process. So those are a couple that I can think of off the top of my head. I, I love anything to do with uh, study material designation certification. So I've, I've validated that and so did Pat Flynn. So I know there's an opportunity there. But if your day job is just ask your boss, what, what certifications can I study for? And you could write 
study material for it. And that can be your first business. So th- those are the couple that I have on, on top of mind right now is are looking promising, but clients aren't going to take them. But I added them to my list to blog about them later because I found that there's opportunity there. So I'll send it out to my email list. Yeah, I like that. That's really cool. Really cool examples. And I, I just looked at them in, in <laughs> SEMrush immediately just to check if what it looks like the stuff you're you're actually looking for in terms of difficulty and volume and so on but yeah but these are great examples and i think like the two angles you're typically looking for are either certifications which you just mentioned or hobbies that does that sound about right <laughs> yeah that's about right i'm, I'm kind of open to, to anything i'm actually i'm thinking my next niche site is going to be something we just bought a new home. So we, we just moved in recently and um, just dealing with a bunch of new homeowner items and homeowner projects. I'm thinking about just picking something like that, just a HVAC or pellet stoves or you know something like that within my home that I can just be like, okay, that's going to be my topic of my niche. I'm going to be the pellet stove guy that talks all about how to heat your home in the winter because it's, it's cold up here in Maine using pellets. And there's probably opportunity there to, to niche down to something specific. So I, I like those really like stupid, simple ideas that are just like obvious little topics with a uh, little competition where I can sell a digital product. So that's what I'm looking for next. And yeah, you know that I love the study material. I love the, the hobby niche and gaming niche, but yeah, I'm going to expand and see what else I can monetize next. Cool. Yeah. And the other part of your business that we haven't really talked about is, of course, blog, right? Entrepreneur right along, but it's mm-hmm. not affiliated with a subreddit, right? <laughs> it's not, no. So I, I used to, the start of the website came from, I, I started interviewing people from that subreddit. So I called it the Entrepreneur Ride Along because it was going to be, oh, we're all communicating here. I hang out there all the time. So it's okay. I'll just put a podcast together. And then it became a brand and, uh, then it kind of just turned into a coaching practice because I started helping so many people start these niche websites like I was doing it and sharing. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, that is, explains the name because I was yeah. wondering about it. And what are your plans for the entrepreneur writer? So you already have a membership and a course. And I think the course is free, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I've got a couple of courses. So basically the plan here is it's my excuse to keep building businesses. And then I just get to be transparent and share what's working. So it's my excuse. I get to start a new one every year and that becomes a new case study on the website. The website initially started out as just coaching. Uh, and it's since morphed into books. I, I've got step one published. I'm working on another book right now because I love writing and just talking about my experience starting these businesses. I've got courses. And then I launched a membership just back in January of 2022. And that just went live and I've got new members coming in every day. And that's where I am now facilitating more of my coaching practice. And that's where I get to be uh, more hands-on with entrepreneurs rather than waiting for our coaching call once every couple of weeks, I get to be in there every day talking with entrepreneurs, talking about what their business is that they're building. I get to host live trainings. And the membership now is where you can get unlimited access to all my courses as well. So every course that I have in there, uh, you get access to that with a membership. So that, that's my big focus going forward. 2022 is books and membership. Do you self-publish or yeah, right? Yeah, I do. Yep. Everything self-published through Amazon KDP. And I'll, I'll talked to a couple or I'm starting to talk to a couple of publishers about a future book going the traditional publishing route just because I want to play with it and see how it goes and see what it's like. And then that's something I can share on the entrepreneur ride along. It's just 
difference between self-published and traditionally published. So we'll see what happens in the future. Maybe I can get a book deal uh, down the line. Yeah, from what I've heard, it's totally not worth it because yeah. they book publishers just take a big cut and actually mm -hmm. do very little for you. And mm -hmm. nowadays they don't even have proper editors, especially for a no-name. Exactly. They don't, don't have any marketing budget for you mm -hmm. for a no-name. So it, yeah, what's the point, right? They just take a huge cut of your revenue and you will maybe make $1 per, per sold, uh, book, book sold. And yeah. I don't know, what's, what's, it, what's the price of your book at the moment? Right now, it's the print book is fourteen ninety five. So that nets about six seven dollars per sale. Awesome. Ebook is eight ninety five. So same thing. That's probably six seven dollars a sale. So yeah, much better than traditional publishers. Like I talked to one. It's okay. You pay us ten thousand dollars, <laughs> and we'll publish your book. And like what? I can I can publish on Amazon and make my own money and, and get my own customers that way. Why would I pay you to print it for me? Nice try. <laughs> I know. I, I, I feel bad. I bet they can take advantage of people that just don't know that there's a self-publishing yeah. option out there. And then yeah. it's so easy. Just it's uploading shady. a Word document. Yeah. yeah. So I know they get people that way. And you can just pay someone on Fiverr or whatever, a few bucks, and they do the, the, the layout and stuff. If you're, it's, it's so easy. And yeah, I think a publisher makes no sense unless you're already like... <laughs> big in a sense or exactly. it's, it's really a big publisher so you get some credibility that way obviously right if it's yeah and that can also work if it's if you then can add the little badge to your site or of course if you're rich and for to buy your buy your way into the bestseller list that can also work <laughs> which is what all the rich people do they yep, order exactly just 10 000 copies of their own book at the first day <laughs> And that's enough to end up like number three, whatever, New York Times yep. bestseller. Yep. And then you're a New York Times bestseller forever. <laughs> and it's, it's not, not so expensive. I know. It's not that bad to have that title forever. And then you put it in your tagline forever. And every you know interview you do, oh, New York Times bestselling author. It's probably worth more than a Harvard degree and costs much less, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but so far what I've seen is self-publishing way to go. It's incredibly easy. And I, I, exactly what you said, I paid $5 on Fiverr and had somebody format my book for the ebook and the print book and um, able to get it up and going. It takes an hour to publish it on Amazon. Yeah, I would say, yeah, we are already over time. And thank you so much for sharing walking us through your process i really enjoyed the conversation and of course along with you i'm, I'm really curious about the updates uh, you will publish about the new sites what you will actually do the, this is always like the the best kind of content i think if it's not like people preaching but rather yeah. okay this is what i'm doing this is what's working right now and i really like that so <laughs> please keep doing it thank you yeah i definitely i want to avoid the, the guru preachy route. Like I never want to be that type of guy. I just want to be, Hey, I'm having fun over here. I'll be transparent and show you what I'm doing. And you can do the same thing if you want. So that <laughs> that's the route that I like. Just have fun building businesses just like you're doing. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me.